here we are. We've begun. Uh, we're watching Rebels now. That's very exciting. It's definitely a tonal shift, for sure. Oh, yes. It's very interesting, though. Yeah, so, like, it's very interesting because, like, we've watched so much of Clone Wars and Rebels... Uh, sorry, not Rebels. Bad Batch is an extension of Clone Wars to a large extent, and they kind of feel very similar in a way. Mm-hmm. But this is a completely different dynamic for a television show. It is a show surrounded around one crew of so-called rebels um, based on a singular planet and it's entirely about their relationships and their relationship and their backgrounds and their character development so as we almost got no long-term character not no not i want to say no character development but we had very focused singular character development across Mm -hmm. the clone wars in different contexts largely focusing on the main jedi i guess this is a very, very different experience. Okay, so yeah, so it's just clear that when you're looking at what we've seen before up until this point, and now we've experienced such a different tonal shift, and I'm really interested to see your reaction to Chris, specifically to certain characters in this show. Um, I have a sense that there are certain characters that you will heavily dislike and some that you li- might like some more, and some you might be you know, interested to see. Mm-hmm. So I'm int- it's very, you know, this experience of going through Rebels is so such a different thing, even though it looks very similar and it is, you know, animated in a similar style to Clone Wars. And it's very interesting when we consider the timeline in which we have jumped in the Star Wars universe versus also what timeline we are in our real world in the sense that the the show has essentially fast forwarded 15 years in the universe from where we last left off talking about bad batch right so now we're 15 years into the foundation of the empire and that's made very clear in one of these episodes that we're watching and then however sorry however on the side of the you know or the real world real world production side this show was created after the cancellation of clone wars after its sixth season or pseudo sixth season so this show is created in between Clone Wars season six and season seven. So it's, I don't know, it's a very interesting thing to think about and to look at, okay, this is one of the first shows that was created after the Disney acquisition of Lucasfilms. So there's a lot of things going on here as we talk about Rebels. And I guess my first question to you, Chris, is how do you feel? I uh, feel a little underwhelmed, I'm afraid. Um, I didn't really go into it with much expectations. Not in the sense that I didn't expect much from it, but just I didn't really think about what's going to come. Yeah, as you alluded to, like there are definitely characters that I like more than others, and some of them I really don't like so far. Maybe that's going to change. I laughed out <laughs> right at the start. I have to say I laughed out loud when I saw Hera and Chopper because that just made me sound really, really stupid when we talked about Bad Batch. It's like it's the funniest thing to me. Yeah, it's so funny. I just couldn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> just like, ah, you were talking about like you want a show centered around Hera and Chopper. And I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> and the, the great thing is that just the way we record these episodes sometimes like i already know so much more when i'm editing it so whenever i listen back to it, i can i can really see where you um sometimes it aligns in the perfect way so that that week we we just found out something huge that like that's revealed much later and i'm just saying something in like uh, the previous in like one of these episodes that i'm editing and i like you say nothing or like you just say something very non-committal, and I was like, "Good job, Rashad." <laughs> I try my best with spoilers. I don't always yeah. succeed, but I do my best. Yeah, so I have a lot of problems with some of the characters, um, which kind of which is before you get into that. Yeah. My question for you specifically on the characters is: on a scale of one to ten, how much do you hate Ezra Bridger? So much. Yes, I, I knew it. I mean, me too. But yeah. I knew it. Maybe, maybe like an eight or a nine i don't think it's a 10 yet 
but it's... I want to say, okay, so on the scale of Ahsoka to Clovis. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's way better. Uh, let's, okay. He's not as bad as Clovis or even Lux. Okay, I think Clovis is worse than Lux, obviously. And I think, like, Ezra might be... Is like is 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 not as as bad as Lux, but he's not that much better at the moment. I don't know. He's super annoying, which is which is gonna become a problem because he is kind of the like main character at least so far, like the stand-in, right? So, uh yeah. Obviously, you saw right through who I didn't like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I knew it even before we even started. Yeah. Oh, well, they're on upon rewatch. I knew you wouldn't like Ezra from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. So the so the characters I like the most are, I mean, the more grown up characters and kind of the characters we see less of. To an extent, I like Zeb, but just like the the continuous squabbling between him and Ezra is just super annoying. Ezra being into Sabine and doing all these super creepy things. I really hate it. God, it's so eye-rolly. That in particular, I oh, know. It's disgusting. It's so bad. I'm also not sure how I feel about Kanan being a Jedi and Ezra being Force-sensitive. I feel like one of these things would be fine, but having both of it... It's one of these Star Wars things, right? How people complained about it in the uh, sequel trilogy. Of, of course, like Rey needs to be related to someone, and that just makes the the Star Wars universe seem so small in a way. And I guess they didn't have the courage yet to have a Star Wars series where there aren't really any Force users uh, as like main uh, characters. I agree to a certain extent. I think that it is better because it, they're not particularly related to anyone. Like, they're also, like, they're just, like, existing in the space. It's not like we're following... I mean, I would love a show centered around Leia instead. Yeah. But, like, sure. that would be much more insular in a way. This is just, like, a random person and another random person. But I, I get what you're saying about, like, having this surrounding this whole thing surrounding Jedi and force users can be a somewhat insular. I personally don't mind it as much. And I'd like the frustration that Kanan has with trying to teach it. It's not like he's this like stoic Jedi master kind of um, vibe. Mm -hmm. And I found it particular that it was Luminara who they chose to lure him to. And like Luminara for me is like the depiction of like what an, not an i like a not an ideal Jedi, but like a Jedi who just like is your typical Jedi, if that makes sense, in the yeah. sense that she is very cold, calculated kind of personality, but like quote unquote empathetic in a way. Um, and that juxtaposition was kind of interesting and nice. Um, so it actually for me, it their relationship is much more of like a a human bond as opposed to a master and apprentice, even though they are ostensibly master and apprentice, but it kind of inverts that narrative of what it actually is to have a Jedi bond between uh, these two people. So I actually find it interesting and like an upending of that, that dynamic, but I see what you mean and I get it. Um, I just like that. I like that it's taking that same thing and looking at it a little bit differently. Especially be, like what I what I really like about it is that Kanan is not fully confident in himself as a Jedi and as a teacher, and you kind of have the Inquisitor in one of these episodes voice that, where he kind of comments on Kanan's abilities and how they're not good uh, or like not good enough. Same same with that episode with Luminara. I think it's the same episode. Ezra thinks Kanan tries to get rid of him, but I, my reading was that Kanan just doesn't feel conf conf confident enough to train him. Yeah, that definitely seems to be the implication. And the way that he kind of confides in Hera about that and how Hera reads into it. And it's just a great miscommunication as well. I, I just like that episode in particular, but yeah, um, we can get into that a little bit more later. Hera as a character in general is, we haven't seen that much of her yet. We see like glimpses every once in a while. She is very important, 
obviously to the entire crew but also to the entire structure of it like their interpersonal relationships i think she is kind of the center of this universe in a sense and i would really love to see more of her relationship with canon too yeah i really like i find their relationship fascinating i mean clearly she's the mother he's like the father Mm. in a weird way and like obviously sabine is this like sabine is the older sister i guess yeah the moody teenage daughter the moody teenage daughter yes exactly with the graffiti and everything and ezra is like just like the bratty little kid and yeah. basically Zeb the guy who the just entered brother. puberty and is very overwhelmed with a lot of feelings right now exactly you know so it's a very it is definitely a family dynamic but mm. it is you're right is that hera is what drives this entire i mean pseudo family as they go on their adventures and it's really nice to see her and Kanan kind of go back and forth in that way. And you know that like whenever there's an issue or something's happening, Hera comes in and is just like, all right, come on. And then everyone stops and listens because yeah. she commands the room in a way that not even Kanan can do. And she has the the social intelligence of, you know, when, when, she, re, when she sees Ezra and Zeb just not getting along and she forces them to go on a like shopping trip together, basically. With with the aim of having them bond in a way. I'm glad you brought up that episode in particular because that episode sort of, it sticks out in my mind as just like a random ass episode. Like I remember mm. it very, very vividly. You know, when you watch a television show, you see so many different things. But for some reason, that episode sticks out in my mind as one that if this were the Clone Wars and we were watching some of the episodes, I would have definitely cut something like that. Right. Yeah. But because this show is structured differently and doesn't like have arcs in which they go off and random things. So if there's like in clone wars, if there's an arc that doesn't involve anyone we're interested in and nothing really consequential happens because of it, we can just cut it. But something like this, where you have characters that you follow throughout, you know, the show, then you need to be able to kind of see everything, even the episodes that are just really random, you know, and Mm. kind of just seem to be like a side adventure. So Apologies for making you have to watch that episode, but I think that different kinds of episodes, um, I think, all lend to their the nuances of their interpersonal dynamics and the histories that go with each of those characters. Yeah, I'm just uh, I'm just a little disappointed right now because you just said there aren't really any arcs, and that was what I was hoping for that they'd get into that in the future. But I mean, no, there are arcs. There are stories. Obviously, yeah. it's not just like them gallivanting. But I meant like it's not like you know, this battle, this planet, this... Not like the Clone Wars, yeah. right? It's yeah, just, of, course, of course. It's a normal television show. It's more like The Mandalorian than, yeah. okay. the, um, than the Clone Wars. Honestly, okay. that's yeah, a better way to put it. Yeah, that, I, can, I can live with that. It's just like... I was thinking... While I was watching these episodes, I had a really hard time thinking about, okay, and damn it, I need to give the uh, plot summaries of basically seven different plots. Like seven different episodes in a way i see and that's just super annoying and not 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 necessarily for f- just well because it's more work to uh prepare it but it's i think as a viewer i like these like the clone wars model you have longer arcs with some random episodes thrown in and some of my favorite shows like um cowboy bebop or or ghost in the shell the uh the the show they do it like that and i really like that i mean i guess a lot of shows do it but those maybe because it's animated that's why they came to mind yeah but i think it this is like as i said sort of akin to the mandalorian in which you have like some episodes that are just like adventures by themselves and then other ones that are like tacked on and have storylines yeah move like the plot forward the the overall plot yeah exactly and it's like um like you know the the end of this episode eight, right? That ended on a cliffhanger in which yeah. you like move on to the next thing. So yeah, I like that, uh, especially because obviously I knew that you chose this episode <laughs> to yeah. like as a cutoff point. I was like, "Damn, you were shot." <laughs> 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 yeah, I also did like one thing that I didn't like in general is that there is a lot of unnecessary talking, like basically out loud for the audience and yes. not to other characters, and that's just one of these things that shows do where they don't trust the the audience to follow along and that that's just 
I just don't like it. It's weak writing and it's again like not trusting your own audience. I guess for a show like Rebels is difficult because you have to cater to a lot of different audiences and like I guess if it it's kind of advertised as a kids show, it's totally different as well. There's nothing I can do about that. I'm I am who I am and I like I don't like that. Doesn't matter if it's a kid show. So honestly, like it makes sense. Yes, I agree. And this this these episodes really remind me and take me back to the first season or the first couple seasons of the Clone Wars in the mm. way that they're written. It feels like that. It feels a little bit more simplistic in its writing, very stating the obvious, unnecessary dialogue. Yeah, very prequely too. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very like um i it reminds me of when sabine and hera are on the random planet picking up stuff and they're just like mm. having these random quips back and forth that really make no sense yeah and i like i get the larger story that they're trying to push with their their relationship and there are some things that are interesting about what's going on there but you know just as they're running away from the monsters or whatever they're just like blah 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 and it's like way too talkative and obviously kanan does this all the time there's just like writing across the board it does remind me of those first few seasons or the specifically the first season of uh clone wars yeah i just hope it improves like clone wars did i mean probably not exactly to that level because it's just a i mean it's a perfect storm clone wars in a, in a sense i mean there were some things that i'd like to it's not like i don't want to just dump on it so I'm going to ask you this question now. Okay. And we're going to talk about things today. And then we're going to talk about the rest of the show. And I'm going to ask you the same question later on. And I want you to um, tell me who is your like most favorite character and your least favorite character of the group. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, I will explain my choices. Please. So I have start a hard your, time deciding. your least favorite character. Yeah. So I would say Ezra, but I think he has, because he is in the spotlight, he will probably have more character growth than others. And I have a feeling that Zeb, for example, will not really grow as a character and that I might, like, he might be my least favorite character at the end of this. But we're talking about right now. Right Who now. Yeah. yeah. Right now it's, it's Ezra. And I have to say also <laughs> Chopper is kind of an asshole sometimes, <laughs> which is very interesting um but i mean he's, he's still amazing i mean an asshole droid we've never seen which yeah. and well i mean c-3po can be a fucking asshole yeah. but not in the same way not in that way like yeah uh he's like outright mean to ezra yeah <laughs> it's just like bullying in a way and i kind of like it but yeah it's 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 fine like i felt bad for ezra sometimes yeah my favorite person right now like my favorite person is probably hera Maybe just because I project a lot of things onto her and because I've seen her in Bad Batch. I think Sabine intrigues me a lot. Maybe it's because she's Mandalorian or whatever, but... That doesn't hurt. Yeah, but it's one of these things... Uh, I don't really know much about her, so I can't really say much more. The funny thing is the most the most things that I know about Hera are from Bad Batch, so that's kind of unfair. Uh, yeah, I'm really curious nice. about where Kanan is going like this his entire arc but yeah i don't know i found him yeah i think like he just belongs in the mid-tier there like he is he's just like he's not bad and he's not really good um, or i guess he has his good moments and his bad moments and it's very like equilibrium well, he tends to be the character that other characters kind of bounce off of yeah um and doesn't really drive so much himself by himself um, like a scene just with kanan would be kind of stale Oh yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. So, like a scene with all the other characters, for better or for worse, would be interesting, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but, and one thing that I don't know if you knew this, mm -hmm. but um, there's a there's a quite a few homages in this series to the original artwork done for the Star Wars trilogy back mm. before the movies came out. Mm -hmm. And I'll give you two nuggets. Um, just gonna be give you a sense of those things and one is that zeb is actually designed in the was sorry zeb is designed 
similar to the original concept art for Chewbacca. And mm. Chewbacca was supposed to look more similar to what Zeb looks like now, as cool. opposed to what he ended up looking like. Mm-hmm. And another note that you might have noticed is that the lightsabers are significantly thinner yeah. in this show. And that is another nod to the original concept art for the Star Wars show that was inevitably axed, but they were originally depicted as thinner blades a la fencing, right? Which is, it's kept the style in the original trilogy, so it's felt more like fencing, and it still does in this show a little bit. But Mm -hmm. the, the size of the blades were built specifically for that concept art. And cool. shout out to the artist, Ralph McQuarrie. Yeah. Oh, that. he's done such great art. It's amazing. So, yeah. So those are a couple nods. And what make, you know, some things that people find maybe odd in this show or different are specific connections to mm-hmm. um, and homages about this show. Yeah. Something that I found really weird was the uh, Stormtrooper armor. That's very mm-hmm. bulky and shiny. Yeah, you're right. It's very white. <laughs> So for for Rebels, I thought I'm going to do it a little differently this time, uh, you know, mixing things up. Basically, I'm just going to give like a brief, I mean, I always give very brief descriptions, but I'm just going to do it very, very briefly, basically what the, the purpose of each episode is and like who each episode focuses on. So, I mean, I think we should uh, talk about these things maybe based on each individual character's arc throughout yes. these shows or throughout these episodes. And I think we, I'm so sorry, should start with your least favorite character, Ezra. Makes sense. I mean, we all know he's kind of annoying in these first, like, few episodes, right? Um, But, so he comes from nothing, basically. Gets picked up randomly, trying to steal stuff from people, and then makes his way as a Jedi apprentice, basically, right? In these few episodes. So... There are a lot of things that are like, I find him very, yeah, annoying in the sense that he just like is trying to hit on Sabine all the time, which is like cringy. We've mentioned that. We've mentioned that he doesn't have like, you know, he's just kind of just, just like, you know, annoyingly, it's just annoying. And he's supposed to be annoying in that way. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. I, I kind of go back and forth and the relationship with him and Zeb in terms of like, well, do I like it or not? I think mm. it's a little too much a lot of the times because it just kind of like, it gets a little bit annoying. Um, I, and especially even after the Melu run episode, they still didn't patch things up largely. They still like were fighting afterwards. And it yeah. makes me think that they actually wrote the Melu run episode to come later in the season. And they just kind of put it in the beginning. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so it felt like a little bit disjointed there with that aspect of the relationship. I kind of actually like the Chopper relationship, just him bullying him all the time, just because I like Chopper and I want Chopper to bully him into submission, basically, to make sure. him a better person. Um, but I think the lar- the episodes that really focus on him the most are clearly, uh, at least for me, um, episode six and episode eight, which are the recruitment episode where he is you know at the center of the plot essentially to steal the the de-encryption files i guess is what they need and then episode eight obviously talking about his family or whatever and yeah him being born on the day of order 66 (laughs) yeah (laughs) what a reveal (laughs) yeah i was like ooh, when they told when they said that oh no i wonder if that's like ominous to anything or like not ominous like um like a preview to something i don't know Hmm. you know like it's very interesting to think about like if that means anything for him so technically he is as old as the empire exactly to the day very funny yeah i wonder if it's to the minute yeah (laughs) i was just thinking the same (laughs) yeah and on on the point you made with uh, zeb too it's i really liked for example that when that that is their fighting again that causes the trouble in episode seven. I think that's a very realistic depiction of what can happen, especially in like sibling fights, right? You just get distracted and there's a crucial thing you needed to do, but you don't because you're just preoccupied with fighting this other person. Yeah, yeah. I agree with what you said. 
that it's not that it their their fighting is bad all the time but it's definitely way too much like i don't mind it being there every once in a while but it's every single freaking episode all the time exactly especially if you have like an episode in there that is centered on them patching things up right so yeah i think it's also because in these first few episodes we just get like a whole lot of shit especially the episode centered around them so if you just take that may run episode out of this it's not that it's not as much it doesn't feel as overwhelming so maybe like in the whole grand scheme of things, it won't feel that bad if we have like a, this episode in the beginning, but it's just starting off. It's like very much focused on these guys and it's maybe not the best look, honestly. And that's basically what we get with Zeb, right? That is, apart from episode three, where we have the backstory part with like his people as they refer to uh, all the time. And what happened to them with the weapons like that's basically what we see him doing like it's either fighting against imps or fighting against ezra or with ezra well he is basically the the wrecker in this episode, yeah in this for sure room, right yeah i'm interested to see to learn more like like i want to know more about him like as a character like what is his like actual motivations he does seem to have an emotional range because he does get actively visibly disturbed when he sees those weapons and I want to tap into that a little bit more. but I actually really liked... His, I think it was in the second episode. Or maybe at the very end of, of the first. Like it's Zeb's fault that the Empire catches uh, Ezra. Because they are fighting again. And uh, Zeb pushes them back. And that's what makes it possible for Ezra to be caught. Yeah. And you can see the remorse on his face as he leaves Ezra behind... I really like that and the way also he has to break it to the crew and he knows he fucked up and I really like that. Yeah, there are nuggets of things to like about their relationship. Yeah, for sure. And low-key, I kind of like that he has a British accent. Yeah, it's good because like Ezra is super American. So many characters in this show are and it's kind of annoying. More so than anyone else, I think. Yeah. Um, or any other show. It's funny that Hera isn't French. Because yeah. she is Twi'lek. Yeah. Odd, right? And she had a little bit of a French accent in the in Bad Batch, right? Yeah. I think it's just because she is a, one of the main characters. So she you can't have that through the entire series. This might be the idea behind it. Probably. Probably. I don't know. Maybe she kind of lost it. Maybe she had to leave like her home planet or whatever i don't know maybe maybe she like because she was quite young in the in the first show right and now she's a fully formed adult and one can lose their accent if they live in another country for so long right and let alone another planet conceivably because i do not think where did we end up like with the whole like syndulla plot in uh on they they remain on ryloth they remain on ryloth okay yeah they want to fight that's one of these like rebellions that Bad Batch is kind of Bad Batch is involved with, right? Got it. Of st- in starting, Lothal seems to be an important center for the Empire, yeah, um, which is funny because it's on the outer rim. <laughs> exactly. Well, it's probably like I would assume. This is just me assuming or guessing is that it's like a center for controlling the outer rim. Yeah, because they need to sense. like kind of stamp out their control, and places like Tatooine are just too far, uh, and they already destroyed Camino, as we saw um so i think maybe lothal is one of those planets i don't know others that are like centers for controlling the region Mm. which is maybe why they're so concerned with rebels in this area because it's more less under their control yeah for sure they're they're concerned about rebels everywhere honestly right yeah but especially like yeah i mean if you want to start like weapons production there then you're obviously concerned with it too yeah for sure so it's an interesting thing to think about. But back to Ezra. Um, you know, his... Like, I I really do like his frustration that he has with Kanan at certain times. Um, and this back and forth in their relationship as well. Particularly, mm. I find his... Quick assumption that he is going to be abandoned very moving in a way yeah like the fact that like 
you know, it, it's it comes from his experience of having his parents like disappear from him for I guess eight years. He said at this point, mm. and then like Kanan just like seemingly dumping him, and that's how he saw it and took it and immediately felt bad. You know, obviously the writing isn't great with that. It does seem it's very like on the nose, obviously. And as you said, it like it expresses verbally things that should be expressed probably silently. Let's be honest. But I I really do like that dynamic or that sense of abandonment because and how attached he is to this family because really this is the first family he's ever had. And I'm wondering like what you know, how does he come to terms with the fact that eventually, oh, no, he is still going to be loved, like, you know, in this scenario at all times, right? So Yeah. Uh, Though, speaking of that, I thought the inclusion of Ezra and the crew was a bit forced. How so? Lightly. Like, sure, they bump into each other and, like, they help each other out, but it's at first it's very antagonistic, and then it kind of, like, the flip of the switch, he's just part of the crew. And that well, I, I think it's particularly because Kanan noticed that he is force sensitive. So it's because mm. he is force sensitive, then they allow him on the crew. Yeah, right. It's because uh, I mean they. Oh they yeah, I remember now. Yeah. Quite clearly, when he is able to open the holocron, mm-hmm. um, Hera tells uh, Kanan that they passed the test. Yeah, it's true. Right. So I think it's and it's you even notice it in certain shots. So like when Ezra does like a big jump at one point that should yeah. only be for a force sensitive person you the camera pans to kanan and he's like oh basically mm-hmm. with his face so there are subtle reasons i think that so i think that's specifically the reason and it also adds to the why did they pair ezra and kanan mm-hmm. it's because kanan's particularly you know found someone who is force sensitive and brought them in yeah uh, the same that, that's kind of what i liked as well in episode six when he's like infiltrating the uh, imperial base and he he is just the best at all of the tests and i thought i was just rolling my eyes and thought oh man he's just op why don't they make him like less capable but that's obviously exactly the thing that uh, catches everyone's attention right that's why the inquisitor is called and everything so yeah it's actually really interesting like how to recruit people and then you know I mean, conceivably, he wouldn't be treated well by the Inquisitor, right, if he were captured. Yeah. Like, I mean, even if he weren't Ezra, say he was another child, like the other kid's sister, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think she was, like, Force-sensitive as well, like, right? Because she was also a star at everything. And then they, like, I mean, she disappeared, right? So mm. um, I wonder if, like, what happened to her, A, and what the Inquisitor would have done with you know, someone of all these, like, you know, built. So essentially, sorry, I'm trying to say this like in a succinct way and I can't, but built into the recruitment process is the filtering of those who are potentially force sensitive and yeah. calling them from like the pool of people. And it kind of makes sense why stormtroopers are all shitty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's very true. And they are so bad. Yeah. I found myself thinking like, are all the tests just variants of climbing different platforms like is this how they recruit stormtroopers yeah it was very much like the fortress episode in clone wars in a sense and it's i don't know like we throughout these episodes we can already see them doing a similar thing to clone wars which is at the same time is like it's difficult to do everything completely new but it's maybe a little bit too close for my taste is yeah, I thought about the box in particular. Yeah, that's the, sorry, that's what I meant. Not the oh, fortress, sorry. the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Ezra, it's it's very interesting how Ezra is like as bad as Osaka um, at following orders, but he's such an infuriating wise ass about it. Yeah, it's like you know, Ahsoka had a similar vibe, but then would like shut up if someone told her off and Ezra just like keeps fighting back about everything right which makes him a dick and it's quite annoying i guess that i mean that how i guess that's kind of realistic when you like when you're 15 yeah when you're 15 and your parents have been around for very formative years exactly 
and you've been on your own for so long so he's learning to work with the team in some way right yeah i love that he finds the message obi-wan sent as a warning for the jedi yeah i mean that's not specific to to ezra but i like the inclusion of it in, in the show yeah there's a lot of little nuggets like that which i really like and that's one in particular it's a nice nod and i think we get more of the message than we do in the actual clone wars yeah for sure right mm-hmm. does it go all the way in the in the first like showing of it to say like a new hope will arrive or something like that i don't think so i think that's yeah. probably too long for the show yeah because it's in this one it says like the end of it is like be patient and a new hope will emerge obviously mm-hmm. not to you know a new hope yeah <laughs> yep um you're so smart Rashad. i am like you know i can just connect the dots even yeah. when they're not evident you know my mind is blown <laughs> i did like you know when they're doing the training sessions i really liked the nod to do or do not there is no try and mm-hmm. they were like wait that doesn't make sense yeah and they were I just like that. what and then through the show there was them finding out how that makes sense actually as a saying right? yeah i love that and that he's quoting yoda and everything that's so cool <laughs> yeah he's like i didn't get it but well, you know master yoda used to say it a lot yeah exactly <laughs> i didn't really pay attention another th- another callback that i loved was um zeb in episode four uh like, that's not the tie fighter you're looking for i love that so much oh my god i loved it it was so funny <laughs> honestly yeah did you catch that canon calls the lightsabers laser swords like he calls it once laser yeah. sword because I think he's trying to dis- distinguish between a, like a lightsaber and a laser sword in the sense that like a lightsaber is wielded by like a Jedi and yeah. it is used as an extension of oneself as opposed to something that is just like literally a laser sword. Yeah. So um, who would you like to move on to? I was thinking we just kind of move up your rankings of people you hate and sure. talk to about Zeb. <laughs> sure. That's going to be a quick one. Yeah. I mean, Zeb doesn't get much screen time other than his, like, fighting back and forth with uh, Ezra. Yeah. Um, as I said, like, his his relationship with Agent Callus is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, it's, like, a like a hatred thing. Like, it's Callus clearly killed a bunch of his fellow Lasats, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he yields that weapon. So that's, a mo- that's like, an aspect of pride for Callus. And it's like a constant torture for, uh, what's his face? Zeb? Zeb. Sorry, I almost forgot his name for a second. I did forget his name for a second. Who are we talking about again? Yeah, right. <laughs> the big hairy guy. The big hairy yeah. purple guy. Yeah, the muscle um, of the group. Yeah, exactly. So it's very, I, I kind of like him, actually. So if I were to compare him to Wrecker, I like him more than Wrecker just because I've seen more emotional range from him. Yeah. We haven't seen much of its development, but Wrecker really doesn't have much of that as, at all, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to see more. So I think that they're like, I want to see like a, I don't know. I think it's going to be interesting to see him moving forward. Yeah. But, mm. Just on that note, I really didn't like actually Callus having that weapon. Or not, not necessarily having the weapon, but like challenging Zeb to a duel in the middle of yeah. a fight. Yeah, that, that was, was such a comical villain thing to do. It's so ridiculous. Really yeah, hated if that. Yeah, if he just had the weapon out and was just like murdering a bunch of people with it or whatever, and then yeah. um, Zeb saw him and then ran to him in anger or something in the sight of that weapon, that's one thing. But like mm. stopping everything and fighting with swords or like sabers or whatever in the middle of a battle with silly honestly for sure i do like that that's how ezra was able to use the force for the first time essentially in Mm -hmm. emotionally responding and trying to save someone yeah and it's zeb of all people which is interesting that's a cool little thing Uh, obviously he was a dick about it moving (laughs) forward of course but i can totally get zeb on that on that point (laughs) yeah right uh but yeah so i don't think there's too much about zeb no Um, but we can move on if you want um, to Chopper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so much to do. I, I loved I loved when he was just painted black, like really badly, <laughs> like just painted over. It's so, so funny. funny. Like, yeah, you look at it and you double take and you're like, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially because his original color is orange, which is, which is just so bright. Yeah. But obvious, obviously, my favorite scene with Chopper was at the very beginning of episode four when Kanan tries 
uh, teaching Ezra about the force and Ezra is trying to lift up a rock and then he actually succeeds but it turns out Chopper was actually lifting it up with one one of his little arms it's like I laughed out loud at that I love Chopper's arms in general yeah they make him so expressive it's so good and his his like sounds that he makes are also really great they're very very unique and I love that yeah right it's I think the most unique droid voice Mm -hmm. out there basically other than the ones that I can actually speak yeah but and I liked him versus R2 in a way they were like fighting and just kind of like uh yeah testing each other's metal for a second there yeah it was cute honestly uh, and it's nice to see them because you know r2 is obviously such a staple and chopper is just so fun um, mm-hmm. and i mean obviously at that end of that episode we had like a bail organa um that was the best thing about that episode oh so good yeah honestly. i did like the plan though to be honest with you like why at first i thought oh no r2 and c3po are in this episode i don't like that at all but what they like the whole plan they have on that shuttle, I really liked. It's very simple in a way. It's like a lot of effort for not that much, but it, that's kind of realistic, right? You just need this one information. And yeah, kind of no, cool. very smart, honestly. Yeah. It's it's sad that like Chopper kind of fucked it up, like in the <laughs> yeah. end there. Um, but you know, it's really good. And uh, fuck C three PO, he's the worst. Fucking yeah, such butt. a traitor. Oh God. <laughs> He's so yeah. terrible to everyone. Yeah. Also, one thing I didn't like about the first few episodes of these arcs, or not the arc, but like this set of episodes, mm-hmm. is I really don't like Visago. I find Visago just like a worse version of Hondo. Yeah. Right? Like, especially yeah, in episode sure. three, he has this like, you know, so I don't bland. pay for half a shipment, blah, blah, blah. Like, if you want yeah. more work or whatever, it seems like he's trying to be Hondo Onaka, mm-hmm. but he's just not. I mean, nobody is Hondo except Hondo. I mean, I Hondo. miss Hondo so much. Yeah, Did maybe he will make an Hondo appearance at Bad some Batch? point. Sorry, what? Did we see Hondo in Bad Batch? Or no, we know? only saw Cad Bane. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wish there was more Hondo in my life. Maybe he'll get a get a uh, show of himself. For himself. Or he'll just show up in Bad Batch Season 2. Or in one of the subsequent three and a half seasons of uh rebels which you obviously can't talk about so i really like your idea of like a hondo show by himself like yeah like amazing do we do like a prequel like young hondo um or do we do like hondo in the empire times i think hondo in the empire times because that's way more interesting like navigating all these things and like a shifty character like him you know that'd be really interesting navigating the empire and maybe Maybe he's even, like, kind of crucial to the rebellion in a way. <laughs> Supplying them with stuff or whatever. Exactly. That would be really interesting. I, I think Hondo... I don't know what their species life length is. I guess this is all mm. whatever. But, like, I would love to see him in, like, the New Republic era where there's not really a centralized government to a certain extent mm-hmm. and him just, like, maybe gaining power. <laughs> It'd be really interesting. Yeah. Because he could like really make a lot of like headway in a power vacuum. Ooh, you know what just occurred to me? He might be part of the uh, the Django sh- uh, the Boba show. Oh shit! Or even the Ahsoka show, honestly. Or the Ahsoka show. That's true. Yeah. Oh yeah, they have a have a relationship, right? So do they have they met? Yes, they have. Yeah, they have. What am I saying? Of course. At least. Yeah, once. he might be. At least a cameo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's all we want. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, expectations, expectations. I guess we should move on to your most bland character, Kanan. At first, actually, when I saw him the first time, I thought it might be Saw because they kind of look very similar. I thought, really? yeah, oh, don't they? Yeah, you're right. They have long faces. Yeah, and they have like for some reason for me, Saw like Rebels. Uh, sorry, Rogue One. Saw. Yeah, is in my head, and not yeah, the no. Clone Wars Saw. <laughs> yeah, the uh, like and the facial hair too. I think they have the same like beard yeah like a very similar one. thing yeah, yeah oh the worst kind of beard honestly not even a goatee like the just the chin thing right yeah yeah so annoying uh so ugly um sorry for everyone who's anyone who's listening who has that kind of facial hair but i don't like it well chris is officially saying that you should 
shave that off and get yourself some real facial hair. As someone who has kind of trouble with facial hair sometimes, I, I get it. But I, ju I just found what works for me and I'm very happy about it. <laughs> As you can see in the amazing show art by Luca. <laughs> That's yeah. what works for me. So Kanan, <laughs> beyond his facial hair. He's kind of, he kind of presents as being the leader although like Hera is kind of the person who that's kind of this very gendered thing again right you have like these two people who are kind of the leaders and the guy is like the person who's like in the front but Hera is actually in like in the more important person um I would argue that within this family everyone understands that Hera is the boss like because Kanan gets into it sometimes with them right yeah and it's Hera who steps in and everyone responds to her yeah, maybe in true. like a public setting it's it's Kanan kind of taking the lead and talking and stuff mm. like that I think as well that's partially the roles is because she's the fighter pilot and he's the one who has mm. to be on the ground yeah um, but I think that like it's clear within this family everyone knows that it is Hera who is the boss yeah and that's what's super interesting about Kanan too is that he is a very like he takes charge sometimes but it's not that much no 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 not at all and that's really and interesting i want to know more like i think it's important for us to get more information about kanan because he is such oh, yeah. a blank void yeah um, just like some backstory for sure like i definitely want to know that yeah also like obviously he was trained as a jedi right yeah. and i think his um the inquisitor says his master's name right yeah yeah a name that i don't think i've ever heard before so yeah so i think it's like okay we need to know more here like yeah maybe i don't know i could i, I mean i guess maybe he that that master was probably killed by clones right but i mean i if, would assume maybe if, if not then it would be interesting if they happened to meet the person who killed him or her i don't remember i think it was her oh cool you know uh, that's yeah, one yeah, of these yeah. things that would be pretty cool yeah yeah, I thought it was interesting to see his reaction to uh, Luminara, like the thing uh, when Luminara is supposedly alive and captured. Yeah, I like his reaction to it, and I like how fucking badass he is on that mission. Essentially. Yeah, the one thing that I didn't understand is that he calls her a lot of things, like a lot of positive, like things that are positive, at least for a Jedi. But the one thing that I disagree with is that he calls her passionate. And that's not really something that I would... Maybe passionate about the Jedi Order in particular? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe in that sense. But, like, she is, she is the most dispassionate person ever. Yeah. Yeah, good point. And they only met once, though, right? So he probably heard more about her than actually knew her. Yeah. Um, so maybe he heard about her from, like... Barris, maybe even if he knew Barris, like, or like other other fellow Jedi. It's true, yeah. So. Yeah. What's interesting specifically about this episode, obviously, is that we finally see how the Empire tries to lure exile exile Jedi into a trap. I really, yeah. really like that. It's really smart, honestly. But the the um, I know this is supposed to be about uh, about Kanan, but the Inquisitor. I just because that's basically his entrance episode so yeah no it's fine it's also his, he fights kanan a couple times. yeah so. exactly i don't i don't like the inquisitor he is i mean he again he's he's very much like ventress in a way like he's a he's a, probably not a sith i mean he talks about the dark side but he d obviously doesn't work in the diet yeah and uh and but he is a force wielder he is obviously a lightsaber wielder um so i don't know where he like falls into it, all of this but i just don't like his look like his design with the like almost like shark teeth sort of thing and it's like just like this exudes evil in a very like on the nose way and i don't like that yeah, it's more of like a traditional Star Wars black and white depiction of evil and good as opposed yeah. to what we saw in the Clone Wars with someone like Ventress where there's like a nuance and story behind it. Exactly. And I would say that, yeah, it's a good way, like it depicts him like Ventress in the sense that he's just like a lackey for the Sith. Yeah. Essentially that, yeah, he's a force wielder because sometimes they need people who are a little like powerful 
to do the, what they need, but they're ultimately and just sort of like yeah, an assassin or whatever, right? Because like um, Dooku referred to Ventress as his assassin, right? Mm, yeah, never as point. his. I mean, yeah. So yeah. What did you think about Callus, by the way? Callus is interesting. Like, I kind of like him. I think mm. he's like one of the smarter Imperial people there, right? Um, but the as you said, like the the duel with uh, Zeb is really stupid. I think some of the things he mm. does is kind of kind of not great. He is very, yeah. I guess. Um, I, I don't want to say passionate or whatever. He <laughs> like he's really invested in this whole thing. Obviously, yeah. I don't mind Callus. Honestly, I have nothing like negative against him, but I don't mm. think he's particularly, a, you know, he's not great. I don't like, for example, like the minister of Lothal. I find her annoying. Yeah, like, she's the woman annoying. wearing the co the cone hat or whatever. Yeah, I find her very annoying, and yeah. um, I don't think we. Yeah, so that's definitely by the design, though. Yeah. Also, her yeah. voice is annoying too. But I like Callus uh, more than her, for example. But I don't like him. He's not like Tarkin for me, right? I guess Callus is just there because you need to see someone in the like on the other side who will be annoyed when the imp Imperials are getting duped. I honestly, I think it's really, really interesting that we see the ISB here. I really yes. like that. Yeah. I just wish that Callus as a villain or like antagonist would be stronger a little bit. Yeah, because he is. You know, you want to see the strength of the ISB, right? Because we've heard so much about it. Exactly. So, I guess like we'll find out. Like he doesn't seem that incompetent, right? No. So. Uh, now, now my mind is spinning whether we will uh, see uh, a certain other ISB member. So. Who? We'll find. I mean, Moff Gideon. Oh yeah, he was ISB, right? He was ISB. Was also uh, no. If if he d if he does show up, that was really good acting, by the way. <laughs> Just. Just for the record. I will plead the fifth. Yes. <laughs> so a uh, reference uh, that I liked also was when they uh -huh. called um, the little village of refugees Tarkin Town. Yeah. I, I, I was that. like, oh, that's a nice reference to, I guess. And now he's officially Grand Moff. They, they, I think they called him that here, right? Super so. realistic in a very, very sad way. Yeah. 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 I kind of want to see more of... Again, as I said, like Kanan and Hera together, and maybe how that—I don't know how how them being a couple also kind of influences the entire crew. I would really like that. It's one of these things where most of the times when that happens in a show, it's very eye rolly. But I think honestly, in this show, I like their couple depiction because yeah, sure. they're not explicit about it. Right? Yeah, exactly. They don't like have a lot of physical contact. They just kind of like go about their business essentially. So it is a nice, I would say, a pretty good depiction of couples, especially in a show that is very like over the top with some of its like yeah. emotional uh, resonance. Yeah, I think I think you know their depiction like as a couple is one of my favorite things so far. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We got to talk about positives, not only the negatives. No, obviously. no, no, no. Um, yeah, I don't really have that much more to say about Ken and so yeah, far. Yeah, I, I, I really like what we mentioned at the, at the top with him struggling to teach Ezra and really kind of trying to find his own confidence because like that episode five where he, you know, they do this whole Luminara adventure and at the end they understand what it is to mean like to do and not to try. It's yeah. about your belief in yourself. So the whole episode is him finding his own belief, right? And his own belief to do what he has to do in that that is train Ezra. So that's a very nice little, um, like not a little arc. It's a very important arc for someone like him to find self-confidence in yourself. So that's a really nice um, journey that he goes on. Yeah, And actually, like one last thing. I actually really like the reveal of him being a Jedi. I like that. I thought that he handled that very, really well. Yeah, I liked how they just like, oh, I'm going to let everyone in on the secret. And they just like, even the camera, the way it pans. And as he like pulls out and puts the lightsabers to get like the pieces together. And yeah, it's well done. Honestly, it's really cool. Yeah.
And also the entire subplot of now they're a known entity because he reveals himself. And like this whole thing of like, oh yeah, it's like this band and of of rebels, and like they must be, uh, you know, everywhere. Like they're they're to blame for all these things. And like they weren't really involved. So onto uh, onto Sabine. Yeah, let's do it. Again, not someone we have a lot about. I know I liked her backstory that we see in ep- episode seven. You know, being a cadet on Mandalore. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking to myself. There's uh, an Imperial Academy on Andalore. How the yeah, f- that, that kind of basically? feels weird, right? With yeah. Maul and everything. Well, we got uh, we got um, glimpses of like the hatred that the Empire ha- oh, the sorry Mandalore has towards the Empire when we yeah. uh, were with uh, Bo-Katan, right in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. where they talk about like losing Mandalore, right, and the. So that's an interesting, like, because there's a lot of hap- a lot of things conceivably happened from where we left off at the Clone Wars, right, to the beginning of the Mandalorian. So it's really, I wonder what's like, you know, it's clearly like an Imperial Academy on Mandalore would have never happened in the Mandalore that we saw in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Right? So what happened to make that? It's I just I don't know. It's like a question that I had asked when I was watching this episode for you know. I think this is only the second time I go through this show, so. It's good to kind of pick up new nuggets or new questions. Mm-hmm. I I like that Sabine is so suspicious of Fulcrum. Oh yeah, and um, you know insists on accompanying Hera. But I also hate really hate that Kanan and Hera just ignore her, and like don't take her seriously. Yeah, and that's where like the entire metaphor of the family is is very true here. That is kind of like parents don't taking their teenage daughter seriously. I don't think it's not taking them seriously. I think it's more thinking. I'm parents do this as well. Thinking it is best. You're hiding information from your children, and that's mm-hmm. best for them. But in reality, that's not really the best thing for them. You know what I mean? I think that's what is more like that. Not just not taking her seriously, because I think she does explicitly take her concerns seriously. Just um, she thinks she's saving her or whatever, or doing what's best for her. But you know. Yeah, like ignoring her needs in a way. Like yeah. you do more damage from it ignoring, you know, exactly. the, the questions that your child is asking then. Yeah, so Sabine is great. I think it's just like the mystery behind her is interesting. Obviously she's Mandalorian, so we love her. She's yeah. quirky. Not qu- yeah, she is quirky. She's quippy. She's smart. She's like arguably the smartest person, maybe except for Hera on this entire squad. Um and it goes to say that like the two most badass people on this squad are the two female uh, leads, women, yeah. Right, so it's cool from that perspective as well. So she's awesome. I love Sabine. So yeah, she's great. And she, sadly, she doesn't have much room in these episodes. But yeah, you can't not give yet anyway. So much in just like the first few episodes of a television show to everyone, right? So uh, yeah, actually, going it's it's interesting that you mentioned that with like the the two smartest crew members being female. I kind of that's what I was thinking about um Ezra and Kanan. I would have loved there like why does it have to be two males? I would have loved it there to be that to be like mixed. Yeah. I mean, yeah, fair enough. It'd been cool to have like a, a master and be female and like Hera be a Jedi or whatever, for example, and Ezra be like the Padawan. Because we did have Anakin teaching Ahsoka. Yeah. So there's a mix there in that way, but maybe mixed the other way. But either way, I, I'm not like to uh, bent up over their relationship because I think it's unique in that way because of their uh, Kanan's insecurities and also Ezra's insecurities as well and that feeds their relationship, you know. Yeah. Um, obviously, more representation is good, but these characters kind of make sense in their the way that they, they, they conflict with one another. So yeah, should we go on to Hera? Save the best for last? Yeah, for sure. Fucking bomb badass i love that she is a pilot like after the bad batch stuff that's so cool yeah that's so she's cool. a good pilot she's confident yeah. too i like how she says like they there's no one who basically can outrun me basically and, yeah. and very protective of her ship and everything yeah to it to a like reasonable extent to like not like the um martez sister i forgot her name oh bullshit uh, yeah. trish not trish trace trace yeah oh yeah, so I don't know. I think she's she's great. Obviously, she's the brains behind the whole operation and the emotional center of gravity for the entire crew. She's everything. Like she contacts Fulcrum to get them their jobs or whatever. 
she like just leads everyone she is a boss so she tells everyone what to do everyone listens to her and she's like the best pilot and keeps keeps them alive all the time what the fuck's anyone else doing yeah i would like her to have more of a center stage role but i I guess it is at least in the beginning it is because she's the pilot yeah i think that plays a large part because on the missions she has to be the one to pick them up yeah i'm just looking forward to some space battle at some point where Hera is just kicking ass yeah 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 i mean you can imagine it already right yeah i'm doing right i'm doing it right this second (laughs) (laughs) i love how her line in episode one is so good she's when she says if all you do is fight for your own life your life is worth nothing yeah like oh preach like it's so good like yeah she's definitely like she's learned a thing or two from her family yeah i wonder like you know it's just like she's learned so much from also the bad batch clearly right Mm-hmm. And I wonder, like, where she's getting all this information. She's just so wise, you know. Oh, uh, maybe from Omega, you know. Oh, true. You know. Whoa. I mean, I remember us saying at, in that episode uh, when we were talking about it, like we would love a show with Omega and Hera, right? So. Yeah. 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 For sure. I like also the way she calms Kanan down and kind of makes him see things a little bit clearer when he's when he's frustrated with Ezra. Mm-hmm. Uh, just like the way that she commands, not commands, but also just like responds to every situation so well. She's so good. And obviously like when she's down with Sabine and the episode that's centered around them, it's just like she struggles a little bit with Sabine's constant questioning, but then in the end just kind of convinces her by saying, you know, like I, I trust you with my life. So I trust you. Like I just need a little bit of trust in res- in response right now. So, yeah, I mean, maybe things will change, but it's interesting how the best characters in those three Star Wars shows we've watched are all female. I mean, damn straight. It's like in a genre that is so male. Dominated. That's so true. Well, I mean, even like the original trilogy, arguably Leia's like the coolest character. So yeah, for, for, for sure. a lot of people, she is. Yeah, I even mean, incidentally, six, female kind of. Yeah, but uh, but episode six kind of fucked up Leia. That's the problem, honestly. <sighs> it's so true. We'll 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 leave that aside right now. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. Our future conversations about the actual films. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. But. Um, I think that, you know, as much as Hera is super important, I want to see, like, more from her. As as you said, I guess, you want to see, like, more her doing more as well, mm. right? A couple, like, notes that I have, I think one of the funniest lines that I just loved and it made me laugh is when the stormtrooper asks, uh, so, like, they're, they're, on, they're rescuing the, uh, the prisoners from the Empire, yeah. and... You know, they're on top of these, like, shuttles or whatever. And Ezra's, like, grabbing the fruit. And the stormtrooper is just like, wait, you did all this for fruit? Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Such a funny, funny line, honestly. I really liked the Wookiees. Especially, it's very interesting that they're going to be sent to Kessel. Where I guess the uh, creators of Solo got their idea from to have Chewbacca there. Well, Chewbacca wasn't there. Not sorry, not Chewbacca, the but other... Chewbacca like bumping into into Wookiees there. Yeah, so just Wookiees on Kessel in general. So clearly, this wasn't the only shipment of Wookiees that went. Over. No, no, for sure not. But I I like that the movie picked it up. All right. So anything else before we sort of wrap up for? Uh... No, I'm just really interested to see how where it's going. I know I I said a lot of. Uh, negative things about this show <laughs> in this episode but it's only been eight episodes into it and let's be honest like the the first season of clone wars wasn't great either so i'm definitely giving them the kind of the benefit of the doubt and just hope that they're improving and i think yeah i like these types of shows that are uh, are centered are like centered on a few few people and their interactions with each other and their relationships i really like that and obviously the whole backdrop of it's 15 years after the Empire uh, has been created. I think that's a really interesting time frame. So yeah, I'm just looking forward to the next few episodes. So That's where I'm at. 
yeah and speaking of those episodes um next time we'll be watching the rest of season one episodes nine through 15 so Rashad, if people like what they heard how can they help us they should open their phones open their apple podcasts app or their spotify app and just give us a review just give us those five stars give us a rating as well nope give us a rating and a review (laughs) (laughs) uh those are that that's the best way that they can uh, help this podcast grow yeah and obviously we'd uh grow this podcast together with you and so if you have any feedback any criticism hopefully constructive you know we'd love to hear from you any like inspirations for future things to where this podcast could be going in terms of like there will be a time after star wars or at least in between things that are star wars so yeah if you have if you have any feedback to give us please reach out and rashad how can they do that all of our contact information is on our website seriallyhooked.com you can send us an email you can reach us at twitter seriallyhooked Because it's like seven very distinct plot lines. It's very yeah, difficult yeah, to yeah. do, you know. Or really six, because the first two episodes are the same. But No, that's why I said seven, because we watched eight. Oh, yeah, we watched eight. Wow. Yeah. Good, smart. You're ahead of me there. Thanks. <laughs> um, you're right. Just imagine. What? Us live streaming this podcast on YouTube? Oh, God, no. <laughs> Never, How ever. much would I have to pay you? <sighs> Not that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is this slowly going to turn into a parenting podcast, which would be hilarious, like a hilarious plot twist given my stance on children? We should definitely do a parenting. Yeah, podcast. the world likes nothing more than people who don't have children to give parenting advice. You know what? Like, parenting isn't that hard. I don't know what yeah. the big deal is. Like, all these people complaining, blah, blah, blah. Just get your shit together. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, we're going to lose some, so many listeners. I'm so sorry. All you parents out there, we see you and all the work. We respect you. Keep doing what you're doing. Yeah. And don't fuck up your children. <laughs> I'm just going to cut that whole part out. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You should keep that all in. <laughs>